What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode one of Behind the Visor, presented by the Inside Groove. I am Nick Mumley. I will be your host for the evening. We have our panel of guests uh, with us here as well. We've got Marcel Gravel, we've got Cam Ouellette in here, Taylor Hoare, and Matthew Smith on the bottom. He's taking up a couple of our Zoom screens here because he doesn't know how to figure everything out. But uh, what's up, everybody? It's uh, been a, We're recording this uh, Sunday of... Easter Sunday and uh, got some racing going on with the Cup Series at at Dirt, which uh, I'm not a big Dirt Bristol fan. I like Bristol. Marcel got mad when I said that I don't like Bristol Dirt because he heard I heard me say I don't like Bristol. But yeah, what's going on, everybody? And it's not that Matt doesn't know how to figure it out. Matt's too cheap to buy a camera. <laughs> Dude, racing yeah, is in... tell the full story. Yeah, racing <laughs> is in two weeks. I'm not spending money on a camera right now. I got other stuff to buy. I saw those boots you bought. Okay. Hey, man, it was the only thing in stock. Have you tried to buy any racing equipment right now? Nothing is in stock. Matt's going to be driving the late model with the Uggs this year. Is that what's going on? <laughs> like Tom Brady? That was a like secret. The Tom Brady of Thunder Road? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I don't have kids to kiss, though, so that's, that's all right. Oh, oh, I knew someone was going to do man. that. As a Patriots fan, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, um, right. I'm, but... a, I'm a Pats fan, too, but we can talk about, about him because he left. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'll love Tom till I die, though. That's that's yeah. just how it goes. But anyway, uh, we saw some racing today. Um, Northeast time. Classic at Thunder or at uh, New Hampshire. Um, probably better off to move it to Thunder Road after uh, some of the racing we saw in pass here earlier today. Um, yeah, that was it. Was scary for a little bit. We had some good racing as well. Uh, pass ACT. I think they had trucks and street stocks and. Uh, Tri track mods, I think, were there as as well. But uh, good day of racing down at Loudon. Uh, I don't think any of us were there. Matt didn't end up going because uh, he got he got a little bit sick there during the week got the and vid. got the vid and uh, wasn't able to make it down because he's a respectful young man, unlike those race fans that we know that that might go to the track even though they know they have COVID. But we won't name any names. <laughs> we, we gotta start off by thanking the super late model guys for taking tyler tomasi off of our hands so that they can race with him and we don't have to because that was brutal today dude he tried to defend himself by going to facebook and it just made it worse yeah, yeah i think that, that like i i think that if he it, even if he just had the post spell checked first like and, and instead of saying the letter y like w h y yeah. might have helped him just a little bit more because like when, when I see a racer do something that was in a gray area or questionable, if they post something that's, you know, well-worded and to the point and, you know, makes sense on, on Facebook, I might believe them a little bit more. But when they say, oh, leader had LF go down in front of me, I don't know what happened, I tried to get out of way, like, I'm not, it's not going to help your cause any, I'm not going to believe your case, uh, you know, and yeah, I guess... Uh, I'm not a big driver basher, but yeah, that's that's what happens when we we you like drivers that that uh, have some uh, extra money kicking around getting to cars that they don't necessarily belong in. But anyway, <laughs> but I, I think there's also a lot to be said. Obviously, we're talking about the Tyler Tomasi and Derek Griffith incident in Turn One at Loudon today. Uh, we're very thankful that Derek was able to walk away from that one. Um, I know I was watching it live, um, and that that had my heart in my throat. I'll be honest with you guys, that was scary as hell to see Derek Griffith go head on into the Turn One wall at the fastest point of that racetrack, the fastest, the biggest racetrack that we go to. And to see, um, you know, arguably New England's biggest star and a guy that I've been saying for the last couple of years is probably New England's, New England's last chance uh, to, to get a NASCAR superstar. Um, it, you know, to see him get sent head on into the turn one wall at Loudon in a super late model, which, you know, aren't exactly the safest cars in the world. Uh, yeah, heart was in the throat right there. We're very thankful that he walked away. I don't know. Uh, what you guys saw from that and what you took away from it as people that have actually been behind the wheel, but from a, a fan standpoint, an outsider standpoint, uh, very scary to watch and very thankful that he walked away from a pretty senseless accident. Yeah, I mean, the big thing looking at it is I went quiet. I mean, we've all seen pretty bad wrecks and, and we've all been a part of them now. And that was one of the first ones that I was legitimately kind of concerned. Um, 
and I, I was good. Like I was really happy to see him jump out as quick as he did. I think the big takeaway is I'm glad the angle that he went in head first was bad, but I'm glad that it hit the right front instead yes. of the driver's side. Cause those yeah. driver's side, side shots first, those hurt. Um, and I think if he had turned a little bit more and hit the driver's side, it would have been a completely different story. Um, but it's, it's just a huge, it's a huge testament for the cars that we drive and how much effort and how much safety and detail is put into these. Um, I mean, it's a big thing. I mean, obviously pass and Mayberry is, they have their approved chassis list and fury isn't on it. Um, and people had questioned if they were safe or not, but we just, Derek Griffiths just tested that, um, at the fastest track that we go to that they go to up here, um, and just crashed one and walked out like it, nothing happened. So it's huge. Um, it's, it's good to see, but it was definitely scary. It's like the worst, worst wreck you'll ever see probably a super late model take honestly i mean you know that was definitely one of the worst ones i've seen i mean maybe like what is it winchester that place is pretty wild um but definitely that loudon is so big like he had so much time to not gain speed maybe but like he went you know dead right really fast and it just picked up momentum and really propelled him up in the air like that and it was pretty crazy i mean you're probably not going to see a hit like that anywhere you know that we go to besides Loudon and it's just like Matt said it's a good thing you know that he walked out of that thing because it could have been a whole different story especially once you put it on you know on its roof and we're talking about splitting fuel cells and stuff like that you know a lot of stuff really could have really could have went wrong so it's a good thing to see Derek get out of that thing and Tyler too I mean sure he made a questionable decision but obviously we don't want to see anybody get hurt so i mean tyler took a pretty hard lick also i mean his is more driver's side too and it's good to see them both get out it just does seem you know senseless to make such a maneuver like that at the time but good to see them both walk away from i think it. that's the worst part of the whole thing is Derek gets caught up in something that's not even his doing and i mean there's sometimes you wreck like that but you had something to do with it um that one is just he's just wrong place wrong time bad decision and you lose an entire race car over it yeah for sure yeah literally a whole race car like there's no front or rear clip to replace like you're just building a new car at that point yeah taylor <laughs> Dude, she i know i promised i wouldn't be so quiet your dad your dad took a pretty nasty hit at loud in one time right um I'm a bad daughter, apparently, for not knowing. <laughs> I thought it was with him. Marcel, just care. care. On the backstretch. I'm pretty sure your dad hit hard once, or maybe he was close to hitting hard. I don't remember. I, I wasn't there. I was. I want to. I, I want to say you're on the right direction because I know there was one hit, like in his, like when he was with Rick, like in the 37 car, that was like. Maybe I, it might have been a close call or something like that, or even like Winchester. I remember him saying like one of those big tracks that he was like what am i doing like i have kids like yeah <laughs> what am i thinking to be out here like that and i can't remember if it was that or loudon but i'm sure both would get him thinking that whether it was a close call or a wreck right but yeah i mean anyway and we, we i didn't really mean to cut you off there taylor i'm sorry we we're trying to we're trying to work you in and then i go out and interrupt you so man i'm i'm really bad at moderating this whole deal here but no i mean we're great <laughs> we're you know obviously happy to see uh derek okay out of that but yeah i mean that's that's a race car we saw three i think race cars completely totaled i didn't i didn't turn the race on fast enough to see what happened to gabe brown uh matt you might have some more insight into that but when i turned on the first heat race gabe had already crashed out i'm not sure what happened there uh, i walked away just in time uh what i heard is he got drove through um, that's what i heard as well yeah, yeah. i think the guy behind him just kind of got into him and then it turned him into whoever was on his outside i can't remember yeah and then it just was out of his control kind of thing yeah i wasn't i wasn't there so i didn't get to experience the the true gabe brown uh tradition of probably going and yelling at some guy that drove through him kind of upset about that but i'm sure there were words in the pits <laughs> probably i i'm sure there's a lot of words in the pits because i mean Oof. frankly we tore up a lot of race cars uh, the, destroyed today destroyed a lot of race cars. I mean, Derek Griffith didn't see Gabe's car, but we assume Gabe because um, he didn't make it back out for the feature. Uh, Jonathan Bouvret over the weekend uh, blew an engine, hit the wall hard in turn three in his first ACT race uh, since 2019. Um, uh, 
Trent Goodrow slipped in the oil from Bouvret's car and backed his car into the fence. And that he said on Facebook that he's done for uh, late model racing in 2022, which you hate to see because he's had a couple of good runs uh, when he's brought the ACT car out. I had a, a fourth place at Hickory last year, I think it was. Uh, so he's made, been making strides. I, I think he's still going to try some modified racing. So, uh, that'll be good for him, but uh, tough to see him wreck that car, completely destroy it. Jimmy Hebert um, wrecked hard in uh, turn three with like less than 10 laps to go today. I texted him and he said, everything from the seat on back is broken. Uh, so that's not good because they did that less than a full calendar year ago as well at Lee um, in uh, another crash. And so tough break there for for hebert things have just not gone their way since ever since the day that he was crowned act champion back in uh 2020 um so a lot of people going home with uh some torn up race cars today and the season's really not even gotten started yet uh mj i'm i'm sure today made you feel a little bit better about not bringing the 86 vt down to the 1.058 mile that is loudon today yeah, no, I told that to Megan, and she came and saw me at work on my lunch, and I said, you know, the video of Ryan Coons' like, in-car camera made me really wish I was there. And then you see these videos of Derek and Austin Terrace and all these guys that are just crashing, like, super hard. And, you know, their seasons haven't even started yet. I mean, I don't know about Derek's car, but I know, like, Austin had a new car. Um, Bouvret's car was, I'm pretty sure I heard it was, I like, brand was a new brand car. new car, too, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Um, it made me feel pretty good to know that my, my three race old Port City car is sitting in the shop on jack stands. That's for sure. I did want to be out there though a couple of times, but that helped. But I, I think today really, and I've seen the question around a few times. Um, I take away two questions, kind of a one A and one B, uh, out of today. Uh, question one A, I think the more severe question, should we continue going to Loudoun? Uh, ACT pass, you know, as a series is Loudon a a track that is safe and okay for late models and super late models to race at? Is it too big? Is it too fast? Um, I think that's a valid question. I've seen that question raised a few times on social media today. Uh, question one B, which I think is much more realistic, is. Um, is it time for us to go back to Tom Curley's NHIS Invitational uh, of the late 2000s, early 2010s, where if you want to race Loudon, you have to get an invite from the series in order to race. The series has to deem you good enough at the lower level tracks to where you're not a hazard, you're not in your own way, you're not going to be a danger to yourself or others, at high speeds that you're going to see at New Hampshire um, and make that decision and decide whether or not you get to come, not you decide whether or not you get to come, regardless of where you've been before uh, in the past. So I kind of want to throw that one out to you guys and see, you know, how do we feel um, uh, about those two questions? Kind of where do we lie? Because I feel like the answer is yes to at least one of those. Yeah, I think – um, and like you had said before, we kind of came on and I was really thinking about it. I think the cars are capable of being there. Like, I think we proved today, you know, obviously we didn't hurt anybody. I mean, we, we saw probably the nastiest hits that we've seen at the racetrack, but let's be honest. I mean, guys have died in cup cars there, you know, I mean, exactly. Petty guy. Um, do I think that they're going really fast for ACT and supers? Of course. But I mean, if you took a wrong enough hit anywhere, you know, it could hurt a guy. Um, so I think that, I think people really enjoy it. I think a lot of people have gotten really good at it. Um, and I think that they can keep going there. Um, obviously, you know, safety, even for late models and super late models has just came so far. Um, so I think it's not a problem to keep going there, but I think that does come into play with your next question. And it's not Chris Mashad's fault, first of all, that all these people, you know, can just go because the days of like having, you know, 60 or 70 ACT late models just to kind of choose from for these races is gone. You know, like back in the day, you used to be able to do that. But I mean, I think, and this is no disrespect to our series, Chris Mashad would have a hard time, you know, filling the field if he just selected guys out of our roster 
to go to Loudon. And I mean, honestly, up until last year, I don't feel like I probably would have been one of those guys that would have just been like right out picked because I'm not, I don't have experience on any of these bigger racetracks, you know, and it makes it tough for him because like, who's he going to, you know, he's going to pick what, 15, 18 guys to go race at Loudon. Nobody's going to go watch that. And racing just isn't what it was, you know, when Tom started doing the Invitational. You know, it was pretty easy for these guys to, you know, pick the guys and fill out with a good field. So I think that's a really hard question. And, I mean, I think Rashad probably thinks the same sort of way. But it'd be tough for him to fill a field, I think, you know, just by hand-picking guys. That's fair. Yep. Yeah, I think in a, in a perfect world, if you had 100 late models to pick from, you could do the Invitational. And I think that would get rid of a lot of your bonehead moves that you see at a track like this is by handpicking who you think can do it and who can't um but yeah like marcel said you just you don't have the perfect world where you can pick from 100 cars you gotta get a field there and you kind of take who you can get at that point yeah like even um today like i saw someone posted going back to like his first question i guess is they posted like oh this is why we shouldn't even be running loudon and then, of course, like, the comments were controversy after controversy. Everyone was, like, going back and forth. Um, but, you know, like like you're saying, like, there's not enough cars in the first place. And there's not a large car count by the end of the race after, like, everyone's wrecking. But my thought on it is, like, should they be going there? Absolutely. Like, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. If I were to ever make it to late model racing, I would. that would be a dream to go there, like be able to race where like cup guys and nascar people are driving would be like amazing and just like you don't ever get to feel that speed anywhere else it's just like a total different type of racing than like a small short trackers are used to and like but what i saw in one of the comments which was like i didn't hate the comment was thinking about racing it at the end of the season and like someone was like no that's a horrible idea and i don't know why he chooses that honestly there's probably a reason but it might be like I mean, someone. If you're gonna wreck your car, wreck it at the end of the season exactly. like, instead of the like, before you the have season, all yeah. winter instead of <laughs> two weeks to build a brand new race car. <laughs> That's just like maybe a good thought for like the future years. That way, you're not losing car counts for the rest of the season because half the guys just totaled their cars at Loudon. <laughs> a good point. And you think about everybody's fresh off the couch too. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. No one's in race like. Not not race mode. I mean, everyone that was there was in race mode, but let's be honest. There's a little not, ru- bit of rust to knock off. Yeah. yeah, they're not up to the same level, you know, as if we did this in September. And, I mean, obviously Chris does it when he can do it, you know, lining right. up with pass and stuff. But I think it would definitely probably be a different race if, if it was a little bit later in the year, you know. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys all touched on everything. Um, the field in the ACT late models right now is just not big enough to be an invitational. Um the talent and this isn't a ding at anyone like i i definitely would not get invited i don't think there's enough competitive people to be able to fill the field to 35 cars like they had today um if it was an invitational but i think the timing of it i think if you were to be able to somehow and obviously i don't know the logistics of it how they can do it but if you can align it when nascar is there closer to that weekend you would probably be able to get right now you'd be able to fill the stands a little bit more if you looked at the stands it's empty like, it's not this big, giant event that it used to be. Um, not to say that it can't be. I think we could get to that point. It's just not anymore. Um, and it's kind of lost that tradition. And I think if you can get that back, you can start getting the more people that are a little bit more talented, the people that really want to race there to show up. And kind of like what Taylor was saying, like, in the beginning of the year, it's like in the messenger group that we have, like I said, like the first race antics and the past race. Now, granted, the past drives have had a couple races already this year, but that's the first race for the ACT guys, for the majority of them, other than the ones that were down at Thompson. I don't think it's a track where you go out and that's where you knock off the rust. Um, like, there's rust for the first race for every driver. It doesn't matter how good you are. It may take five laps. It may take 50 laps, but it's there. And it's not even just a driver. Uh, you think of, like, the Tyler Tomasi thing. Like, your spotters need help, too. Um, so that first race at that big of a track, it's really hard to spot down into one coming off from four. There's just a lot of movement at the track. I think as a first race, probably not the best bet. Well, and if you think about it, oh, sorry, Nick. No, um, no if you're you fine. Think Go about ahead. it. These guys are, and I think at the beginning it was like everybody just thought of it as such a privilege to go to Loudon, and oh my God, this is crazy. You know, you used to have to put bodies on to go to Loudon, 
I mean, you used to have to really be invested to do this race. And now you have these guys, too. And, I mean, I guess it's good and it's bad at the same time that are comfortable at this racetrack. Like, at this racetrack where we are flying for an ACT late model. And guys like Tom Carey, Jimmy Heber, Luchaki, Dylan Moltz, um, all these guys are comfortable doing it. And I raced there two years ago, and I'll be the first one to tell you that I raced 75 laps for the most uncomfortable racing that I've ever done in my entire life. I had a good time, but you're, you're on pins and needles the whole time. And, I mean, if you watch um, TC3 there on the last lap, he drove that thing into turn three deeper than anyone did all day. And you know he didn't think two times about doing it because he's just comfortable at Loudon now. So, I mean, it makes the racing totally different when you have a bunch of these guys that are super comfortable at a racetrack that we are going really fast at. Well, I mean, and back when it was an invitational, I mean, you had anywhere from like 10 to probably 13, 15 guys, maybe, give or take, that had a shot at winning. I mean, when you look at the race today, like it came down to six people. Yeah. There were six people that had a legitimate shot at race at winning that race. And the rest of them were just there. Um, and I feel like that's why, and, and, and it, again, like this isn't a shot at the people that were just there, but like sometimes those field fillers, if you will, are the reason why you don't get a lot of some of the more competitive people showing up, especially this early in the season. Cause like it's, it's a risk versus reward. Loudon's cool. Would I want to race there? Yes. But am I willing to take that risk and possibly end my season? Probably not right now. Yeah. And, and I think I, a lot of people look at it that way. Yeah. I think that's a very fair point. Um, and it's a very tough situation too. Like hearing you guys, your guys side on it, my thoughts on it um, and seeing what we saw today and kind of digesting that this is a, difficult situation i think um and i mean loudon obviously mega grandstands they're made for for you know a cup series event cup series weekend um didn't look like there was a whole lot of people um and there wasn't many there last year either um gotta wonder if the series that they have going in the middle of april when it's 40 degrees is enough of a draw to get people to come to this race um and i'm thinking the answer to that is you know probably no um so i look at it as gotta try to figure out a way to get this maybe uh, and i I think the nascar weekend is kind of off the table now that there's only one nascar weekend um that is what caused the the races before to have such a good crowd is because people were there camping out for the cup series and act got to run and the stands were in good shape um is that on the table anymore i don't think so i mean maybe you can figure out another date in the season to get it in there um when people are more into the racing um but yeah i don't know it's a very difficult situation and i look at i look at at it as if you know i i get that your drivers want to, you know, it's a dream to race at Loudoun. But if there's only, you know, eight cars on the track out of 25 that we look at and say, okay, these guys really should be there, um, is it worth going um, is my question. I think that's a fair question from my standpoint, um, you know, and that's a difficult question to ask, uh, obviously, because Loudoun means a lot to a lot of people. But you know, I think of it as, yes, the car counts are not what they were when Tom Curley had the Invitational. Um, and, yes, a lot of people want to go there and race. And, sure, there's, you know, five or six guys that you can tell when they show up to this track. They're super comfortable. They're right at home. And they're going to be fast. They're going to drive smart and drive safe. But the rest, you know, all of these other guys that, you know, might not have that experience at Loudon might – be like marcel said on the edge of their seats every single lap you know thinking about what might go wrong here is the safety of those drivers worth you know appeasing to your top six or seven that are comfortable and and wanting to go there every year especially you know if the fans aren't you know if we're not you know at least filling the place up like 10 percent of its capacity it's a very difficult question to ask uh and it's a very difficult question for any promoter uh you know whether it's chris or tom to to think about but you know i i think it's a fair question yeah i mean i think personally like for me i'd much rather load up and go down to richmond if they went back there that 
like I went down and watched that race. That was awesome. I felt like the racing was far better than what you get at Loudoun. I'd much rather go down and race at Hickory. It brings us back to what we're used to, which is a short track scenario, which is all like, that's what we're all accustomed to. We're not all accustomed to going and running 130, 140 miles per hour down straightaway, hoping the car sticks in the corner. Like, if you bring us down south to a short track race, like, I think I, I think they've a, shown that the people, they'll, they'll travel, you know? They I, will. And, it, like, it's not for everyone. Like, it, it, trust me, like, that budget, you have to think about it again. Even if you're right. going to Hickory. Like, you're traveling down there. You're paying for people, possibly. Fuel, stuff like that. All the tires. Like, some people, that's their season. But I think we've shown, like, we can still put on a show pretty much wherever we go. And I don't think at that point it, you take away a lot of the comfort and because you don't need to be comfortable going 140 miles an hour, like you can go to these short tracks and we can put on a show far better than what we do at Loudoun. Uh, I, overall, I, I enjoyed the racing at Loudoun today. I thought the ACT race was very, very good. Um, Derek Luchaki with a nice pass. on. I, hey, my pick, Tom Carey the third. Uh, I called him a dark horse in the trailer episode last week. Everybody else went, and I think you guys went with Hebert or Patrick LaPearl and Matt, obviously, with DJ Shaw. Uh, Matt wasn't there, so DJ didn't win. I think that's pretty obvious why that happened. Um, but, hey, man, TC3 hey, was right the, there at the end. Yeah, we're starting the season off better this year than we did last year, so I'll take a fourth place. This is true. Fourth is better than a DQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't with the team. I mean, I'm sure they're all bummed on the way home today. Um, I know they put a lot of em- emphasis into this one just because of how it got taken away last year. It was kind of a... Sh- mm, <laughs> it wasn't the best call for a DQ, but uh, it is what it is. So I know they put a lot of emphasis. I know they wanted the redemption, but fourth place, we'll take that one. Um, but no, I mean, it was good to see like the Canadians back. Um, yes. I, I know we've all missed them for the past two years, and... I'm excited to see. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you get a couple of them maybe trying to run a full year at Thunder Road. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see them more just because they haven't been able to, or White Mountain, because they haven't been down here for two years. Yeah. Um, and I think with them finally being able to come this way, it really opens the door for them to just come race more. And I think a lot of them might take them up, like might actually go for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't shock me either. And uh, the numbers for the Canadians great this weekend. There was there was a ton of them there. I mean, ACT had what forty cars on the entry list. That's that's numbers we haven't seen since COVID first started when they did that exhibition exhibition race at White Mountain. Um, You know, I think there was forty two cars. uh, I think it was the Spring Green uh, that year that had forty two cars on the entry list, and I think there was forty this year. That's by far the highest entry list we've seen since then. So. That's great news, um, and uh, you and know Patrick LePearl is that Patrick LePearl P three. What a drive from him too. I mean that was that I was know. impressive. He but made you that. see his interview about his his right rear trailing arm. No. <laughs> oh my! He did an interview and he's like, I don't want it to sound like I'm making fun of him, so I won't like do my accent for him. But he was talking <laughs> about um, how his he came in and like he said, I'm gonna do it. He he he'd be fine. He's like right rear trailing arm loose he's like we we tighten it and we go out we're fast and it's like are you shitting me right now you, were, you had a loose right rear trailing arm at loudon in practice and you're just like eric tighten the trailing arm and we go back out and and he was flying and it's like that dude is absolutely insane hey man, and that... to just think nothing of the trailing arm being left loose and you're at loudon what the hell that used to be the thing. You leave everything loose, the car will set to where it wants to be. Yeah, well, it's, it's 2022, and that's not the thing anymore. <laughs> hey, he, he still finished P3, so it, maybe it might just be the he thing still. It. He <laughs> it up. They he made that pit Eric, stop. Tighten it up. His twin brother is like, tighten oh, that man. thing up. Maybe they loosened it during that pit stop. They, yeah, they maybe he tightened it at the beginning. They made that pit stop. They probably loosened it. That's when he charged back to third. Freaking <laughs> maniac, that so anyway, the uh, the main reason we're here tonight is to uh, give our, our audience a little bit of a Thunder Road preview. Uh, obviously, all four of you guys will be racing at Thunder Road this uh, this season. So I'm gonna go around the room, and we're we're each gonna you know try to give a, a little bit of an update of where we're at, kind of what we're looking to do this season, and uh, you know what's what's the lay of the land and how we're feeling about race number one here coming up in uh, just a few short weeks. So. Uh, MJ, I guess we'll we'll start with you and and go around the room here. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's no secret, you know, like going into last year, um, and it wasn't just me and my guys. I think there was a lot of expectations um, for my team last year and what we were kind of coming off the year before. Um, we kind of felt like last year we were going to roll in there. We definitely didn't feel like we were going to, you know, walk away with it, obviously, because that's just not the case at Thunder Road um, with Corliss, Pelkey, you know, Pembroke, all those guys. But uh, we definitely felt like we were going to have, you know, a lot better run at the King of the Road. And we obviously we didn't have that. So uh, this year, you know, we're kind of just trying to put last year behind us because, I mean, quite frankly, last year sucked. Um, when the highlight of your year is driving somebody else's race car, that's really not fantastic for your program. So um, we're kind of just looking forward to putting that in the rear view. We got this new Port City car that we're really excited about. Um, my dad works pretty close with Gary on stuff and ideas. And um, I feel like we're really in the know, like we got the best stuff that we can have pretty much. And all the excuses are kind of gone. So um, the driver either needs to go out there and put up or shut up or let the old man get back behind the wheel. So. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I bought a house this year and I didn't get to do as much stuff with racing. So once I started, I'm, I'm pretty locked in and, uh, we're ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to get down there and see what we can do because we need to make up for last year. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good year up there. I think. Yeah. I, I feel like just from, from my perspective, I feel like with Jason not running full-time, Trampus not running full-time, there's, you know, a window of five, of like five, six, maybe seven guys that kind of opens up and you can realistically look and, and say, you know, that guy could win the championship this year. And Matt, I think you're right on the edge of that window too. Um, and MJ, I think that you're like right up at the top of that window. You guys must be, must be super excited um, to kind of have the opportunity in front of you where season's completely wide open in front of you here. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of glad you mentioned it. I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit with the coreless thing. Um, Personally, and this is just me and my guy's opinion, anybody that is happy that Jason Corliss isn't going to be there weekly shouldn't race at Thunder Road because if you don't want to race against the best, there's plenty of other racetracks you can go to. And we're already all know we're going to hear about, you know, the first time someone wins a big race when Jason Corliss isn't there is because Well, he's Jason still going to be there, there for the big races. Yeah, it's just not going to be I mean, king someone, of the road. Someone will win double points night and someone exactly. will say something yeah. stupid. And I mean, that's just unfortunate. Um, I want Jason Corliss to be there every week. Jason Corliss has taken, kind of like you said, that group of us all to the next level. Like he's made our programs, you know, have to level up three folds just to run second to the guy. So I think he's going to, by not being there, I think you're going to see obviously a lot tighter mix from like first to seventh because the guys that kind of were nipping at his heels or at least close to him we've all been working so hard to try to catch him that we're all so much better you know than we've ever been so now it's going to be all of us you know against each other and obviously without him there it will definitely be a different ball game but uh, I'll be excited for the first time that he rolls into town when we feel like we have the 86 rolling good because Jason's the best and that's who we go there to be so my question for you and Matt is and Cam and Taylor, you guys can, can answer this too, even though you're not driving late models. Um, in the fans' perspective, from a fans' perspective, from you know any regular Joe sitting in the in turn four on a Thursday night, I, I think it's fair to expect that this year's late model champion is you know going to have an asterisk over their championship, um, you know, among the general public. Whether or not that's fair. Uh, which I, I don't think it is. I think that's what's going to end up happen with, uh, happening with general fan perception. Um, so what would you guys say um, to any fan that can come into the, that's coming into this seri- season saying, okay, you know, somebody, somebody knew he's going to win the championship this year, but it's only because Corliss didn't show up. Matt, do you want to go first, or do you want me to start on the tangent, or do you want to go first? <laughs> no, I mean, I... I... I see that happening with the fans for sure. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like Pelkey, Pembroke, all of them, their their game is as good as it is because of Corliss. Corliss's game is as good as it is because of O'Donnell. O'Donnell was as good as he was because of Nick Sweet. Dude, so you like, stole my points. I was gonna say, oh, keep going. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. So like, we all have these. Like, I'm looking forward to some of the hours of sleep I'll probably get back because me and Andrew, our crew chief, like, 
we would it was like one o'clock in the morning we'd be like what is corliss doing like how can we beat them um and, and we never beat them <laughs> but we got close but like i think you look at thunder road as a whole and if you were to take someone's win away as a fan and be like well he didn't he only won because corliss was there and you're overlooking the fact that he just beat 15 competitive people at thunder road like there was a time in thunder road where there was 10 good people and there's like five or 10 people that weren't that great you look at us right now and every single person that starts weekly at thunder road has a legitimate shot at winning and i think you go to other tracks and you don't see that um so if you're willing to take someone to win away and discredit it because one guy isn't there like that's kind of ballsy yeah and like i said that kind of without and i i made a list in my head but it's like you know if dave pembroke never leaves you know is there a nick sweet if nick sweet never leaves is there an o'donnell you know if if O'Donnell never leaves, is there a Corliss? Like, it it definitely would be ballsy because it's just it's just crazy. I mean, everybody, like Matt said, is so good. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that used to maybe be a little bit more, you know, a little bit slower, which is fine. You have that everywhere. Um, if you look at that, even those guys have taken it to another level. Like, everybody that rolls into that racetrack on a Thursday night could start on a pole because of their handicap, sure, or whatever. But let me tell you what, as a guy who has started on a pole because of handicap, those races are not free still because this place is tough. So anybody there can win, and Matt's right. I mean, there's, there's 12, 13, 14 guys that realistically can win on a Thursday night at Thunder Road, and to take that away from anybody would just be wrong, whether Jason Corliss is there watching or whether he's there racing. So... Um, I can tell you what, if that 86 wins it, there won't be any asterisks next to it. We'll feel just as happy about it, um, just because Thunder Road is just like no other place. You know, you can roll into some of these other tracks, be in an eighth, ninth place car at Thunder Road and win, just because Thunder Road just takes you to another level. Yeah. Um, when I first started driving with Arnie, obviously his son drove, and uh, Eric said, because they used to do the Tiger Tour back in the day, he said every track that they went to that wasn't Thunder Road was just easy. And it, it didn't make sense. And I, and I was like, I mean, I, okay, like, cool. Like he was a good driver. Like I get that. And, uh, I got into the late model and we went to Riverside and it felt easy. And then we went to white mountain and I only raced there once. Marcel was there. He spotted for me. I had never seen the track, never been there. Missed no practice. No, no practice. Yeah. We missed practice completely. The battery was dead. We had to go get a battery. The first laps I took were in the heat race at white mountain and it just felt easy. I don't know what it is about Thunder Road, but like if you can get good at Thunder Road, you can go to these other tracks and it, it just feels normal. Like you feel like you're already competitive and 10 steps ahead of someone else. Uh, Taylor and Cameron, you know, I'm sure they can attest because I mean, there's street stock divisions and tiger divisions at all these racetracks and these guys are racing against the best people too. You know, it's it, even the warrior guys, like you got warrior guys oh, yeah. that can put on these racing tires and go run a street stock race at some of these other tracks and contend with these guys yep. because Thunder Road just makes you be that much better. I think it's just the track. The track is hard, man. It's it's scary when you show yeah. up to it. If it's, it's, it's your first time there, it's very intimidating. That turn four wall comes up fast if you've never been there before. Um, I think the track makes you better. Every Everybody that's there, that's raced there now, will make you better so when you go to these other places you've you've pretty much faced the best you can face yeah yeah like for instance me my first time ever on a racetrack was at white mountain their open practice and i was like i was just having the time of my life like living my dream and like i was up to speed my first time ever on the track and i go to thunder road nearly S-H-I-T-T-I-N-G in myself. <laughs> Thanks for censoring and, yourself there. Yeah, of course. I got this bleep but button. Does this work? Like, Can so, you hear this? It's so much scary. Oh, I love Whoa. the bleep button. I love Can it. you hear that? I need to get one of those. The <laughs> amount of people right now writing that on a piece of paper, like, what did she just? Oh. <laughs> Wait, let her finish. We interrupted her. <laughs> no, but it's just, like, so true. Like, even though that was my first time looking back on it, like, I had no not as much fear as i should have for like it being my first time and then going to thunder road and finally like exper experiencing that turn four wall it's scary and it damages your car and you're done for the day and i didn't hit it nearly as fast as any of these guys would but i was done and it was a little scary and then i was intimidated you're intimidated by it for 
a few races after, at least as someone like was a rookie, like I had to learn to get back comfortable with it. And it's definitely like just so different than it. Like, obviously I only have two tracks of experience, but like just so intimidated. Everyone says like it, they just, there's such a like bad, not bad rap, but like everybody you say Thunder Road and they're like, Oh, like you dare to race there. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, I, Don't I'm know trying. any different. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and I'm hoping hate, for the best. Yeah, and I hate that too. Like when you say that, you're like, oh, well, I race up on the road. And like that, that is the reaction. They're like, oh, wow, you race there. Like you must tear yourself up. And I think the thing that sucks is like we put on a great weekly show week in and week out. And you go to these other tracks that are just filled with yellows and they're tearing stuff up. And it's like, I don't know what racing you're watching that's better than Thunder Road right now. Um, because on a weekly basis, like the racing is amazing. Like we have our bad nights for sure, but every track does. And it feels like it's pretty few and far in between for us. I feel like, I feel like the drivers that are weekly to Thunder Road, just they, they know, you know, even if, you know, we might not, we, we might look at them and be like, wow, that guy's a complete weapon. I think even the biggest weapon at Thunder Road, uh, who is down in the bottom left corner of this Zoom, um, respects the racetrack. <laughs> I thought Tyler Tomasi just took that. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying the weapon of Thunder Road. Tyler Tomasi hasn't oh. been to Thunder Road yet. I don't want to know what that would look like. I'm going to invite him up just so he can take that from me. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Hey, we both oh, have problems. Right. I know what you mean. Like, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. You're totally right. I mean, with this, some of the, like I said, with some of these guys, you know, if you took some of these guys that run, and let's, I mean, I spent a couple of years of my career in this group that I'm talking about, so I'm not talking shit. I mean, we, we all do it. There are guys at Thunder Road that run 12th to 7th, you know, and they could go, and this is no knock on White Mountain by any means, because obviously there's tons of other racetracks. I find White Mountain to be probably the closest one to Thunder Road competition-wise with, you know, Al B, Quinny, uh, Jimmy, you know, there's some guys over there that are, you know, top tier. So, I mean, we're talking about a lot of the other racetracks, but you got some of these guys that can go to those racetracks and win the race, you know? And, I mean, that they, they don't win at Thunder Road, and it's not their fault, but Thunder Road's just, even though they're struggling to kind of crack that top five, they could roll into a place, roll out for the first practice, and be in the top five. And, like, no other racetrack really does that to you. Yeah, and I think when you look at the tour, like, there are more tour drivers, not now, but back in the day, like, Thunder Road ended up, like, you would do good at Thunder Road, you'd go to the tour. And I think Thunder Road just molds you into this driver that is prepared to take on this stiffer competition and all these other tracks throughout New England. Yeah, and I mean, I... You know, watching these races, um, and it happens in all divisions. I mean, you go somewhere else and somebody, you know, might get a run into turn three and shove their nose down, you know, make it and force three wide in in, in turns three and four, you know. And, you know, any other racetrack in our region is probably going to allow that. Um, But as we've seen, you know, I'm sure all of us combined have seen it a hundred times or more in our time, uh, you know, growing up, going to the racetrack and, and watching the races and, and being in the races, you force it three wide into turn three. Uh, it's not going to come out very well in turn four. Um, and I, I think that we rarely ever see that is be- and it's because people understand, you know, if I drive it in three wide here going into three, whoever's on the outside is probably going to take down the Widowmaker. Uh, and if I get clear of that, I'm lucky, but I'm probably going to end up in the infield as well. So, you know, like I said, even, you know, e- even the guys that e- – even the the most reckless driver that pulls into Thunder Road on Thursday night looks at that, you know, and understands the consequence because, you know, they they just get it. They, they know – what the limitations of the racetrack are. And I think that's why when we see, you know, outside series come in here, they're all either a super, super, you know, on edge and cautious because they're, they've heard the, they've heard the stories and they don't want to go up on the outside because that wall jumps out at you. Or they just throw caution to the wind and say, you know, I can make this three wide move at every other racetrack I go to. Why is it, you know, not going to work here? So, 
Um, and, and I think that's another reason why when we see, you know, ACT come to Thunder Road or, um, you know, the on the Milk Bowl Friday when, you know, the Outsiders series come in and Thunder Road regulars race in those series, the Thunder Road regulars usually do pretty well if they don't win the race altogether. So it's a, I think it's all, a, you know, know the limitations of the racetrack and respect the racetrack. I feel like we've beat this horse dead that Thunder Road is amazing. We're all great drivers. <laughs> so let's, let's jump back onto. Yeah, Matt, what's, uh, what's, what's your. I was going to send it down to Taylor. Let's okay, go we can go to Taylor. Stocks. Yeah, let's go Street so, Stocks. Taylor, how's the Street Stock going? Yeah, we're two weeks out. So two weeks goals, out. Goals, plans, preparation, where are we at? Oh, geez. Um, well, it just got back from getting painted. So that was pretty exciting. Red? Yeah, still flat mm. red. <laughs> I love it. So that works. Um, yeah, it's almost ready. Just basically waiting on decals and getting it running. And then I think we're going to try and test just to get me a little prepped and shake it down and see how it goes. But I'm excited for this season. We got a new car and hoping it goes as well as it did for Milk Bowl until it didn't. <laughs> so, you it's know. the story of Milk Bowl right there. Right. Amen. Yeah. Milk I mean, Bowl was year, going really well for you guys. Keyword was. Yeah was that's always the keyword right there <laughs> so yeah i mean it went very well for me in that car it took me probably like saturday was a little shaky just getting comfortable with it but by sunday like figuring out because it was just so different from my other car and like not having driven many other cars like it was such a change for me but i'm excited for this season with it it's got a good setup in it and got good help behind it but last year was just such a year of learning that like this year we are coming with some goals. Like last year was literally finish the race. That's all we wanted to do. Whether it was dead last, just literally come off the track in one piece. Did I do that very often? Mm, no, but we're going to try a few no, times yeah. to not do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to give you some confidence to, you know, yeah. come in, you know, knowing literally 365 days ago at this time, you had never driven in a race before. Uh, and now you get a whole year of experience under the belt, even, you know, even if you didn't finish all the races, we don't have to talk about that. You know, it's a right. brand new season, a brand new car. It's got to give you some confidence though, I, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. And especially the run at Milk Bowl, like seeing what that car can do and what I could do with the car um, is definitely exciting just to see where it will bring me this year. And um, a little bit with that um, car and what we talked about with the whole Jason and like parentheses on like the whole name and everything, like where the car came from and what that car has done. You know, I hope that no one, you know, I win a race or something, hopefully one day, <laughs> no one's like saying anything from where the, came car, the car came from and what's in it. And because honestly, I don't know. And I'm just lucky enough to have been given the shot to drive it and like, I don't know. I'm just like super excited to not, but I just don't want to be compared. And I'm excited to just see how it goes. I'm rambling. <laughs> if you've lived with Brian Hoare as your dad for your whole life and been all right with it, you'll be just fine with any comparisons yeah. that come from this. Yeah, exactly. Like literally anytime I'm at the truck, oh, you've got big shoes to fill. Oh, daughter of, daughter of. I'm like, my name is Taylor. <laughs> it's nice to meet you though. <laughs> I'm going to make my own name for myself here. Like, right. <laughs> That's my goal in racing is make my own name instead of being introduced as daughter of Brian Hoare, which, I mean, he is pretty legendary, and I like to brag about him all the time. Like, I'll tell you everything. But, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely – yeah, I'm just excited for the season. I'll end it there. <laughs> I think that's good, though, that you that you want to do that. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people would be okay with this being under – you know, your dad obviously is one of the greatest to ever do it. So, I mean, I think that's really cool that you have your own aspirations and stuff like that. But what should make you feel good is that a guy like your dad, you know, obviously believed in your passion and stuff to go for it when obviously he knows probably more than anybody what it takes. So I think you should really take that, you know, as a compliment. I'm obviously, it's your dad, but he didn't have to let you do it. You know what I mean? So a guy that's as talented as he is, I think that's really That's kind of cool to see. <laughs> Cameron, what do you got? What do you got to do to beat all these old timers that have been around forever in this Tiger division this year? What do you got to do? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Um, we've been so close so many years. Um, we usually just have a couple races that we throw them away. We have bad finishes. If we can just get rid of those couple races, um, we'll have it. We've been so close. I think 
the year Donahue won it, we missed it by eight points, and I probably didn't sleep for three days. Um, but we've we've been close, and we're we're looking for one. Um, I got the milk bowl here last year. I was looking for that. Um, so that was a big one to check off my list. Yeah. Um, but we've got the car is ready to get painted whenever my painter is ready for it. Did you get uh, the hood so to fit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's there now. My dad worked hard on that, actually, to get that to work. So um, we're ready for it. I've got my uh, my work sponsored me this year. I was only there for like six months, so I've got McGee Ford um, that we're going to put on the hood. Uh, my mom's work sponsored me again, Martin Delaney and Ricky Law Group. So we've got some decent sponsors behind us. We just got to put a full season together, and uh, I think we'll have a shot at it. Look yeah, look at that tiger division. It's hardcore. Yeah, Sorry, I've always, I, mean, I, sure I always, I always sit there and I look at the tiger division. And Cam, I'm interested in knowing, like, from your perspective, like, you know, I've always said there's, you know, 15, 20 tigers that can win every single week, and it's, it kind of feels like it's random luck of the draw and whose tires are and what, you know, at, at what level, um, you know, that night and whose car kind of gets set up the best, I, I guess. Um, but a lot of times it just kind of feels like it's. You know, where you get lined up in the heat race kind of determines who's going to be up front and win because everybody's so competitive. It's hard to make runs from the back to the front, um, you know, and you just you just don't know. So, like, how do you guys prepare and go into one of those races knowing, you know, there's 20 guys out here that could win this race? How do you go in and, and make it happen so you're above the rest of the uh, the, the field? That's exactly it. I mean, you've you've got your twenty cars that are within two tenths of each other, and I don't know where you see that anywhere else where you can get right. two tenths within twenty cars. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that does come down to where you're going to start in the feature because you can't go from. Or you, I can't. I say you can't. Joel Hodgson's done it. He's done from the back. I, to you've, the front. you've seen it a few times. Yeah, I've seen it done, but it's you're not going to see it every week where you're right. going to see the guy go from twenty fifth to first. Um, everybody's just so competitive. The rules are good to make everybody so competitive. Um, so you'll have those guys that are up front, and they'll get their handicap win. You'll say that, but they earned it. Everybody's right. so close right behind them. So it's it's hard to call it a handicap win when everybody's so close. Um, and, I mean, obviously, I know – I feel like I know a lot more about late models than than the other cars at Thunder Road, but – I, you know, the late models, as Marcel and Matt can attest to, are very weather dependent, it seems. Uh, you know, the track temperature seems to play a pretty big role um, in how you're setting up the car each and every week. How big is that? Does that kind of come into play with the Tigers as well or not as much? I would say it's probably about the same. I And maybe even down to the street stocks, but not quite as much because you can't adjust as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're looking at the weather. We're looking at rubber. If you have the past guys come, now we have even more rubber. Um, how late it is, you know, the sun goes down. We're looking at that as well, too. So there's a lot that goes into it and in making your car grow. So you guys, it's fair to say championship aspirations for the 90 team this year. Absolutely. We're, we're chasing it. Um, like I said, we've been so close, so I would I would love to get one. That's that's so good many stuff. good cars in that division. Oh my like, god! Well, yeah, and that's the thing. So, like Cameron, over the years, like as the Tigers have kept growing and growing, like have you felt that shift that like your division is the division at Thunder Road? Yeah. Like that's kind of why people are coming now. It used to be the late models. Like when I was in the street stocks, <clears throat> when I was in Victory Lane, like I would have to thank the fans for staying to watch because like <laughs> they were filtering out by then. But like the Tigers are the show. Like that's why people are there. And, like, have yeah. you felt that shift? Like, has your guys' division, like, kind of felt that? And you're like, all right, like, we're the show. I think so, yeah. I, I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, not to be cocky about it or anything like that, but we put on a great show most nights. And, like, we'll have a night or two where we'll have ten cautions. And it just happens. I mean, well, that's what happens when you're all so close. you got to make moves that uh, you might not normally make. Um but yeah, I think it that's what makes for exciting racing too and why the fans love to watch it. When well, you think about that division, man, there is some guys in that thing. Like, I mean, there's a lot of you guys that are really good. Like, really good. And they have been around for a long time, you know? Like I love and like Matt said, you guys kind of are the division. I mean, we always make an effort to go watch you guys' races because it's always so close. I mean, you could go on forever with Mike Martin, you know, all three of the Woodards. I mean, yourself, you know, uh 
oh man, Sam Karen, like all these guys that make these moves from the back, even, you know, some of the other guys that you don't normally see, they seem to be able to put it together, you know, half the season and still have really good runs. So, I mean, you guys, it's always fun to watch for us. I think like the crazy thing too is the growth of that, like the, how much that that division has grown five years ago when yeah. we were in the street stocks, like there was 10, 12 of you guys, like there was, there was segment a thought racing. that I hated yeah, it. Yeah, I, I hated say, the segment were, racing. So segment I'm, racing and yeah, like there's a possibility that they're talking about not running you guys weekly. Um, and then yeah. now <clears> you guys are like it, the growth in that division is huge. And, and I think it's awesome. And a, a lot of that, come down to the rules i mean they they brought us back to basic back to stock and we all complained going back to stock because we had about as close as you can get to a late model without having a late model and they brought us back to reality yeah so, so to say and it it's it it's grew the the division greatly so yeah and i i think it's very interesting because like you were you were there in the lean years and now you're you're still at it you know when is this the division is literally like Marcel and Matt said. People come to watch the Tigers every week. I can't tell you how many fans have come up to me before and said, you know, late models just go around in circles in a straight line for, you know, 50 laps. The Tigers are, are the real are the real racing. <laughs> but, you know, five, five-ish years ago, that wasn't the case. So what's it kind of been like from your perspective to – see that growth and to be a part of it and to still be competitive yeah, it's been kind of crazy because we started when they were big with the uh, eric Bedores were there yep. both the therians and we started with that when you're having to qualify to make the race um and then we went through the segment racing where you have 10 12 15 tigers and now we're back to the you might have 30 tigers on a weekly basis um and even more on the big races so yep. It's been kind of crazy to ride that roller coaster, but I'm, I'm glad we're back to where we are now. And the roster looks good for this year, too. All right. Matt down there. See you that? The are, Latin uh... division. Just street <laughs> stocks, tigers. Like, I don't know nothing about that. MJ doesn't either. We skipped right over that. Uh, no, nah, man, we just want to win. I want to do it. See, that's where we're different. Like, I don't know. I think I would now the tiger division because we just talked about it. it was like the premier division when i was in the street stocks i wanted nothing to do with the tigers i hated there was how nothing they there at the time well it wasn't even that i didn't like how they looked and i hated you're how listening they sounded. you're listening to two guys in mj and matt that just completely skipped the tiger division too so right, would be so <laughs> right exactly like the whole ladder system and, and I, that's a kind of a topic that i was they didn't want to race with the, cam right yeah, like, later in the year with mj was the amount, like, how much pressure, MJ, did you feel when you got into the late model from the current drivers in the late models? Because you skipped the Tigers, kind of like I did. Like, you feel like you have this bullseye on your back because you're just this street stock kid. You shouldn't be where you are. But, like, really, like, the only reason why we did it is because that was the only logical step. We didn't have a Tiger. We had a late model there on the side that we could jump into. We Like, for me, I had somebody that was willing enough or dumb enough i guess you could say to ask me to drive for him um like the Breaking tiger news just matt was... just called his car owner dumb on behind the visor hey man we, we <laughs> we, yeah we talk a lot of crap in the shop but the big old family <laughs> but like by skipping like i wanted nothing to do with the tigers like i said like i'll be honest like i didn't like how they sounded i didn't like how they drove the driving doesn't fit my style like it looks like you guys are just throwing those things around and that's not how I want to drive. Um, and I, I'm glad you guys love it. And it puts on a hell of a show. But I wanted nothing of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. But this year, man, I just I just want to win. We've been so close. Um, my guys deserve it. They bust their ass um, to give me the car every week that they do. So I, I, ju I just want to win. Um, I think if we can get that monkey off our back, we'll be good to go for this year. Um, the car is pretty much ready, like I said. Like we said earlier, I had COVID, so I've been out of the shop for the past week. Um, from what I've heard, the body is hung. We just need graphics. No clue what the car is going to look like. They haven't let me know. They haven't sent me any proofs. So because you don't have a say. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's fine. I'll drive whatever they give me. Like I'm, I'm grateful. Um, thing could be hot pink. I'm, I'm going to wheel that thing with pride. <laughs> but, and 
come next week, I leave for Mexico for a week and come back the day before the car show. So I may not even know what the car looks like. Dude, you have a cushy NASCAR life. What the hell? <laughs> Dude, yeah, how convenient wife. you get COVID this week. I had to change oh, yeah, my filler host week, two on Saturday, and you're freaking headed to Mexico. Yeah, man. Well, blame the wife. She works from home, and she I'm was like, I'm not going to blame I'm... your wife. I like her more than I like you. Dude, she was like, I need to get out. And I was like, all right, cool. And she was like, I booked this trip. And I was like, when? She told me the dates. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of like Taylor said, hopefully the plane doesn't get delayed or else I'm going to be late. Not that that weekend matters. I'm just practicing the car. It's an ACT race. So DJ will be there. We'll have both cars there. Um, kind of like last year. I'll just practice, make sure the car doesn't randomly hook right when I want it to go left. And uh, that's going to be pretty much my weekend. I won't be racing. I'll just be helping crew with DJ. So that's what happens every time. It just you're trying to drive it left, but it hooks right. It's not in your control. Yeah. Nothing yeah, no, you could no, have no. done, right? No, yeah, no, yeah. it's okay. programmed. I think someone hacked it um, ah. up in the stands, and, well, and they're like, uh, you're "I hear, turn right. I hear they're doing some crazy stuff with this 5G." Do you think that could have been part of it? Oh, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> I did, you know, I did kind of crazy stuff I, with the five G and have it work your cell phone. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, I tasted a little bit of iron right before we turned right, so maybe that's what it was. Well, do you guys remember? I mean, and this is kind of a shot in the dark. It was like ten years ago, but um, the the commercials there with Toyota where they had the little kids controlling the yeah. the cars in the stands. <laughs> and Tony Stewart was like throwing his helmet at the car. It's like this thing is going mad. <laughs> yeah, that was like my favorite commercial when I was a kid. Dude, I've, I don't know. Like, Tyler Tomasi had a spotter problem today. I had a spotter problem with my situation. There's nothing worse. Like, Tyler heard his spotter. Like, his spotter told him he was clear low, and he went low. Yeah, that sucks. I didn't, my, my spotter apparently was yelling. So, Daryl Morin, his spotter stands right next to my spotter, Andrew. And I guess Andrew looked at her and was like, was I talking? And she was like, oh, you were screaming at him the whole time. I never heard a thing. Um, so, like... There's nothing worse. I remember I felt it, and I instantly came on the radio. I was like, who did I just put in the wall? Like, I was pissed. And it was super crackled, and it was like the 64, but it was super broken up. And I was like, who? And he was like, and finally my dad was like, the 64. I felt like this big in the race car. I was like, okay, I want to go home. Like, I, I wanted to park it so bad, but like I said, like I don't own the car. I race for someone. Like I'm there for my team, so like I'm not going to park the car. But that happened, and I'm, like, in the back of the pack. Like, if you watch that restart, I'm, like, 10 cars away from everyone. I'm, like, I don't want to race with them. Like, I'm, like, I want to be parked. Like, I'm borderline almost crying super manly man inside the car. I'm, like, I, I want out. Like, I want nothing to do with this. And uh, we parked the car, and I don't know how you guys are, drivers, when there's an incident on track. Do you guys go talk to the people, like, that night, or do you let it simmer? That's a Depends group poll. Depends on the incident. Yeah, right, same. Yeah. yeah so like i normally give it a week like if it's not that bad i'll give it a week this was one of the situations i'm like unbuckling getting off the track i'm like i'm gonna go get my ass handed to me but it needs to happen yeah i went like running over there well, i mean <laughs> i told i told jason i'm like dude or, or not jason i told chris i was like if you need a car next weekend i'm like go down to arnie talk to him like i don't want to drive like please but to make it worse, Jason Corliss comes over and he's like, shakes hands with Chris and he's like, well, I guess that's the season. Like, as I'm standing there, I'm like, thanks. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Making it so much better over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you got to know who you're dealing with if you're going to go down that night or if you're going to wait till the next week. Yeah, there's some people, you'll give them a week. Normally, that's what I do. And I won't hash it out on Facebook. I'm like Marcel. I'll lurk, like, in the background just to see what unless it's saying. Unless it's Sammy Gooden, right, Marcel? Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I deleted it. Testing my – you deleted it before I could read the whole thing. I was like – I had like three people send it to me. I was like, what? They're like, what is going on? And I'm like, I have no idea because I was at Thompson for the World Series. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, it's Marcel cussing out Sammy Gooden. <laughs> Good Lord, that guy. Yeah. Oh, well. But, Some yeah. people are too thick to talk to, too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the, the expectations for you guys this year is probably just get that first win out of the way. And I feel like once it comes to you guys that everything will be a lot easier. Um, but yeah. right now I feel like you guys are just in that spot where it's like, okay, I probably, probably should have won a race your rookie year. And for whatever reason, it, it just hasn't happened. 
and I feel like once it finally does for you guys, you're you're going to be in a much better spot. And I think after you get that first win, it, it I think it'll snowball to where you're kind of in that that same group of you know the six or seven guys like I talked about with Marcel of you know being ready to win a championship because I you know obviously I've watched you for three years now and I'm not trying to just blow smoke up your because you joined a podcast with me but I think that you guys are you need to cross that that checklist off and get that first win and then I think you're right up there for for championship battle I really do yeah I mean we should have had a couple rookie year and either my fault or someone else's fault it just didn't happen last year we had that really good run had that late race caution let a bunch of laps I think it was actually double points tonight um let a bunch of them like 51 laps if it was a 50 lap feature it was done like i was like come on throw the checkered but we still had 20 oh i remember that race yeah yeah we were coming i wanted to pass so bad we had that late race caution (laughs) i wish i could i was like what a story this will be the next time we hang out if i could steal his first win from him with like five to go yeah but we had that late race caution car just did not fire off and scott dragon passed us with like 12 to go and that was a heartbreaker um and then we just never got close Last year's, I said it last year actually in another uh, podcast or interview I did. Um, right now, I was actually looking at it. My late model season is following exactly how my street stock career went. So, like, finished 11th my first year, finished 10th the second year. And I think, like, the third year, like, we were championship worthy. Not saying that we'll be championship worthy this coming year, but we had a lot better luck. Um, finally won three races. So, like you said, if we, if we can just get that win off our back, um, I think it'll come a lot easier, but, and, and you say that, or I say that, but wins at Thunder Road in any division right now is challenging. Um, you have 15 to 20 cars that you have to beat and try to race with. And, uh, so winning's hard, but if we can get it done, I think we'll be all right. I think, uh, yeah, we got what, two weeks till, till opening day. So, um, we will yeah, have, excited. we'll have next week off and next episode we'll be back to, uh, talk everything about the community bank 150 uh marcel you'll be racing cam and taylor will be racing matt will be uh hopefully recovering from a hangover from mexico and also i'll be celebrating a win with dj celebrating a win with dj (laughs) and not worrying about any canceled flights (laughs) all that fun stuff so we'll uh we'll catch up with with everybody then and until then you guys all have a, a good race at thunder road on may 1st and uh Good luck to all y'all. Be safe and no no tore up race cars.